Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda Podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. He's forgotten. And here you have him walking, leaping, praising God. All the people saw uh, him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he who had set begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And tonight, I'd like to preach a message entitled, Flex Your Faith. Flex your faith. Everybody say, flex. Do this. Come on now. Oh, some of y'all, Chance got into that right there. My goodness. Flex your faith. Flex your faith. Let's say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy. For your word, I pray that you'd bless it tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. The Lord spoke to me in the way that he speaks to me. In my spirit, didn't hear an audible voice. I just, he impressed me last Sunday. I mentioned it to you guys. It, um, it was strong. We were praying for Bridget. I was praying for Bridget Sunday morning. And uh, the Lord said, do you believe I can heal Bridget? And I said, yes, sir. You know, I believe, Lord. And he popped back. You believe but you don't expect. It was a rebuke. You believe, but you don't expect. It convicted me because I've prayed prayers because I believe the word and I, I knew it was the right thing to do. But if I'm completely honest, I didn't expect my prayers to be answered. Not for me this time. Can you relate? Like I knew, I knew some things about the Lord. But maybe I was dealing with condemnation or unforgiveness. Maybe I had some kind of shame. Something I'm dealing with in my own life. And so I believed he was my healer. I believed he was my provider. I believed he was my deliverer. But I didn't expect him to do it this time for me. Uh, I had some, I had some issues, and so that is uh, wow. Hold on, just a moment. Well, you know, welcome to my world, and this is why I don't go digital. <laughs> that is hilarious. Y'all have no idea. Let me show you. I'm always preaching from the heart, but notes help. Yeah. That's awesome. You guys, you don't give me a break. That is hilarious. Okay, and I flexed my faith, and here are my notes. So take that. Happened. 
I had faith, but I didn't have expectation. I don't know what that was all about. I'm open, Lord. I'm open. Correct me. Correct me again, please. Here's what I want to get to tonight. If you want to supercharge your faith, then you need to understand the power of expectation. You want to take your faith to the next level, flex your faith, then you have to raise your expectations. You have to expect him to do it this time for you. When we first started Bethesda, our first member was a guy named Gabriel. I had a picture of Gabriel. Some of y'all have never met him. He comes through here occasionally. That's Gabe. That's a 17-year-old picture. That's in our kitchen. And uh, he was a bodybuilder. I mean, competitions, exhibitions, a bodybuilder. And uh, a lot of his friends were bodybuilders too, gym rats. And so they started coming to church and, and, uh, and you know, it was nothing to see them doing what he's doing, you know, in that picture, flexing. They were posing and flexing and, you know, they just, they just did that all the time. Now, to be clear, especially back in those days, my boys used steroids, the injectable kind. And I'll never forget, there was some drama that broke out in our little group because Gabe had a safe, and he kept his steroids in the safe, and God was doing a work in his life and all their lives, all our lives, and uh, somebody stole his safe. He had a lot of cash in there, and he had those steroids in there, and, and, and the safe just disappeared, and they couldn't find out who did it. They tried to figure out who could have been in the house, who could have stolen uh, the safe and and it was it was it was like a mystery nobody could figure it out until one of the scrawniest of the group started bulking up quick I mean oh boy got unnaturally huge for real I remember it Huge. He just got huge. And he was scrawny. And it was kind of like, well, I guess we know. We know who stole your safe. He, that, that boy never, never admitted to it. Never admitted to it. Uh, but, you know, it was funny as he really didn't do much uh, strike a pose kind of stuff until after that. And he was with the rest of them, you know, flexing and posing. And they all knew. A flex is literally taking a muscle that's relaxed and constricting it. It's using it, employing it, demonstrating what's possible. Another way to define flex is, and this is more modern, but it's a flex. You know, you're bragging, you're showing off, you're making it obvious what you're capable of. You know, I was reading... Uh, a definition of this online, and it, it was the modern language stuff, and it was, you know, giving an example. And it's like the guy drops his wallet, and a couple bands fall out. I'm like, you know, like the Eagles. You know, like what's the what's a what band? You know, 
Well, then I had to go look at, well, what's a band in my, well, when you get $1,000 and they put that band around it, it's like your wallet fell down and a couple bands fell out, that's a flex. I'm like, okay, flexing, flexing. And so uh, <clears throat> that's what expectation is to faith. Believing God can is faith. You flex your faith when you expect him to do it for you this time. And I feel like I need to clarify. I'm not talking pie in the sky, kind of dumb stuff. I'm praying, you know, for this, that, and the other. But things that clearly are promised in his word because his word is his will. And his will is his word. What is the will of God? It's whatever he's promised in his word. So the will of God is the word of God, and the word of God is the will of God. His word is forever settled, and you've got to settle it in your spirit too. Whatever he says, it's settled. I'm settling it right now. So when you pray anything that's according to his will and his word, believe that he hears your prayers and expect him to hear those prayers as well. And believe that you're going to... You're going to have whatever you ask and expect it in Jesus' name. That's a flex. That's a flex not bragging on you, but it's the confidence that you have in your heavenly Father who made the promise in the first place. It's flexing, boasting in the Lord. It has nothing to do with how great of a guy or gal you are. It has everything to do with the faithfulness and the power of our mighty God. Now, expect comes from the Latin, expectorium, which means to await, to anticipate. And uh, let me give you a reminder of what, what that looks like, what true expectation looks like. Let me take you down memory lane. So let me go back. You're like seven, eight years old, and it's Christmas Eve, and you are so excited you can hardly sleep because you know when you wake up in the morning Santa Claus is going to have delivered you know it you know when you get up you're going to go to that tree and there's going to be the stuff I don't know what y'all's tradition is we always like did family gifts on Christmas Eve so the family comes over opening all the gifts but Christmas morning Santa Claus was coming in the middle of the night and all that stuff was from Santa Claus. And so I was waiting on Santa Claus. I couldn't wait, man. I couldn't hardly sleep. I mean, I'd lay there, my eyeballs open, you know. I'm an only child, so I didn't have a brother or sister. I, my eyeballs are open, you know. And somehow I would always doze off. But when I woke up in the morning and I realized what day it was, I'm jetting to the li living room. I am expecting there to be presence there that I requested. From Santa Claus. Now, I would tell Santa Claus by way of letters, and my mom and dad asking me, what do you want Santa to bring you? And so I'm dropping all these, you know, this is what I want. And I knew, that's what expectation looks like. I knew in the morning God <laughs> was going to answer my prayers, and Santa Claus was going to come through. Listen. 
If you expected your earthly father to hear and answer your letters from Santa or to Santa, how much more should you expect your heavenly father to hear and answer your prayers that he told you to pray in the first place? You've got to expect it. Jesus said in Matthew, Assuredly I say unto you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. The problem we have is we get too sophisticated. As my grandmother would say, too big for our britches. We've complicated the simple truth of expecting good things from our earthly father. We're theologians and we're religious experts. And, and I'm telling you, I'm declaring war on religion and we just, need to, we just need to forget about that and remember the relationship. That's my daddy. I'm his son. I'm his child. I've become as a little, not, not a grown-up, sophisticated son, but I come as a child. You promised this to me, Abba, Father. You promised this to me, Daddy, and I expect it. I'm asking for it. I'm believing for it. And I honor you by expecting it in Jesus' name. That's a flex of faith. A flex of faith. Expectation's a byproduct of hope. It's future related. Things look na bad now, but I have hope because I've got expectations. God's going to do something. I believe something is going to occur that's going to fix this mess. One writer that I studied after said this, expectation is the act or state of looking forward to something. It is that which is looked for, the prospect of the future, the grounds upon which something excellent is anticipated, the prospect of something good that is guaranteed to come, expectation. Another statement, to expect is to look forward to something, regarding it as certain to happen. You're just waiting, anticipating the occurrence of something. And faith gives substance to hope, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. One translation said, faith is the title deed to what's hoped for. Like, it's the proof that it belongs to you. Your hope is based on the word. Hope is not like wishful thinking. Hope is word-based, promise-based thinking. I, I have this this expectation, this proof in your word, and I'm hoping for it to come to pass, not a hoping and a praying and a wishing, but a, a firm foundation, and faith gives substance to that. Faith is the proof that it belongs to you, and you can flex your faith by expecting it to work for you this time. Notice I keep saying that, for you this time, because that's the great big trick, right? We're like, I believe it, that's why I prayed it, but I don't know about this time. I don't feel so good this time. And I've not been a good boy this time. And so my expectation is low. You need to understand you're not receiving based on your goodness and based on your performance. You're receiving based on his goodness and based on his performance. It's so important that we repent quickly. Because part of the Part of our problem is we carry away around condemnation that we shouldn't. Uh, you know, young people need to understand when you fail, repent quickly. Re repent quickly. Because if you don't, it's like a dead weight that just keeps dragging you back into the same mess.
But if you can put your breastplate of righteousness on, that breastplate guards the heart. And it's the righteousness of Christ. It's his righteousness that we stand in, not our own. God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. And so when I fail and when I mess up, i got to understand I've got an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's willing and able to forgive. He's just and righteous to forgive, to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. That's a breastplate. Uh, yesterday at, at, the, at the, uh, the Iron Men breakfast that we had, Iron Men, we had knives and we cut things like paper, literally. We really did cut paper because it was a sharp contest. Whose knife is the sharpest? And, uh, you know, if you could cut paper, that's pretty sharp. And, uh, well, I think Danny Brand had a pretty good knife right there. He had a go Danny Brand, Iron Man, triathlon right there. But at that, at that event, I used Seth in an illustration, and uh, I got some saran wrap and wrapped him up in saran wrap. Uh, and it was, it, was an, it was another illustration, and it, but it was about armor. And, and the, the idea is, uh, talking about this breastplate of righteousness, would you want to have a, a breastplate, a, a, an armor, like you're going to battle, you're, you're a cop, you're going into a, a shooting situation, you want saran wrap? To be your coat of arms? No. You want Kevlar. You want steel. You want lead. You want something, you know, that can absorb, that can take the blow. And when we put on our righteousness, it's like saran wrap. And the enemy's darts are just going to go through. And if your heart condemns you, you can't receive anything from the Lord. But if you put on the breastplate of righteousness, Lord... Forgive me. Would you please forgive me? I thank you for it, God. I thank you that you told me to ask for your forgiveness. Does a child, when they mess up and their parent corrects them, does the child, I mean, in a normal relationship, just take the rebuke and the correction and the fact that they failed, do they take it to their grave? No, not in a normal relationship. The dad or the mom corrects that child and then when they're when they understand that they did wrong, they say, come here, let me give you a hug. I love you. Just don't let it happen again. Right? That's what your heavenly father does. I love you. Come here, son. You still got my name. I still cover you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to provide for you. I love you. Just come on. You're okay. And it empowers that kid to get up and walk on and not be drugged back into that again. It's the same with the Lord. Even better. Even better Repent quickly. Put on that breastplate so that you can walk in that righteousness and ask the Father when you have need to ask. It's flexing your faith. We need to make this house an environment of expectation. I was dreaming when I, when I got to writing on this stuff and it's just it, it excited me so much. We need to make this an environment of expectation. Every service, anything God's promised can happen here at any time. Come on now. Healing can happen here. Miracles can happen here. Deliverance can happen here. Come on, somebody can get delivered from drugs, alcohol. It doesn't matter if it's narcotics, prescription pills, whatever it is. 
Somebody can get the baptism of the Holy Ghost right here anytime. Any service. We don't need a, a special faith guru in the house. And we like it when they come through. But we don't have to have them. We don't need a super duper runaway music extravaganza. We just need the people of God in faith and expectation. And our church service can be incubators of miracles that break out at any time. In Jesus' name. Think about it. Can you see it? You invite that lost loved one to church and they walk in one way. They walk out full of the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name forever changed. You invite that sick co-worker to church and they walk out healed and full of the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. You invite that neighbor couple on the verge of divorce and breaking up and they walk out reconciled full of hope and full of the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. Think about that. And then you invite that devout religious friend who leads that particular Bible study and they walk in uh, one way and they walk out with the revelation of the mighty God in Christ full of the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name with a kick in their step like they've never had before. Our attitude changes when our expectations shift and change. When we start believing for divine intervention. A sad sack attitude is replaced with an expectation. Anything can happen. We don't have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof. We have a form of godliness and embrace the power thereof. Come on now. Believing is not enough. I mean, any old devil can believe. Isn't that what James said? You believe there's one God, you do well. Even the devils believe and they tremble. Any old devil can believe. You can be a devil and believe. But your attitude changes when you begin to expect it's true. Whew. It belongs to me. It can happen in my life. God is no respecter of persons, y'all. If he changed one of us, he can change us all. If he blessed one of us, he can bless us all. If he healed one of us, he can heal us all. If he filled one of us, he can fill us all. The promise is unto you and your children and those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. If you want to soar with eagles, you can't stay down in the low expectations with the chickens and the turkeys. You've got to raise your expectations to high expectations. I'm not going to settle for anything less than what God has promised me in Jesus' name. Are you with me? This is just meat and potatoes right here. Just meat and potatoes. A young man, listen to this story. It's a great story. A young man went to see a palm reader. She began to read his palm, and she told the young man that he would be poor and miserable. Until he was 41 years old. The guy's distraught. He's barely 20. He's like, really? 41 years? That's a long time. But then he got a little glimpse of hope. Because he said, wait a second. Poor and miserable until I'm 41. So he asked the palm reader, at 41, I get rich? What's up? She said, no. But by that time... You'll, you'll have become so used to being poor that it won't make you miserable anymore. 
The sad truth is there are people in the church today that have become so settled and comfortable with a condition where they believe, but they never expect it for them. And it doesn't bother them anymore. They lost their expectation for something better, something the Lord promised them. They're comfortable with coming to church and not seeing anyone saved, not seeing anyone healed, not seeing anyone delivered. I mean, there's some great and tremendous promises that have been given to us. And in our story, we have Peter and John on the way to the temple at the hour of prayer to pray. It's about 9 o'clock in the morning. Here they go. They're going by this guy. And this guy is begging for alms. This is his job. Something that I love about this fellow, and I've preached about him a lot. But one of the things that I love about him is that there are other gates that he could have gone to in Jerusalem. There's different gates. There's, there's quite a few gates in Jerusalem. But he wanted to come to this gate. This gate is a word, beautiful. It's hara'io. And it means, it means, it speaks of the most beautiful season. It's this most beautiful time. It speaks of timing. Timing. And I've, I've preached about this. I'm not going to tonight. But you have Kronos, which is linear time. You have Kairos, which is divine appointment. And then you have this other strange word that is where you get the gate beautiful. It, it literally speaking of a season, like a super bloom, like a beautiful season, the most beautiful time. And that old boy chose day in and day out. The gate I'm going to is that gate. Take me. Which gate are we going to take you to today? The one that is about perfect timing, beautiful timing. I'm going to that gate. Well, so far, it hadn't worked for you. It doesn't seem to be your time, but he had expectation. We know it from the text. He looked expecting to receive from them, and he got more than he bargained for. They gave him what they had to offer, which was the power of God. He expected to receive. There was this divine transfer, and this old boy just kept coming back and kept coming back, and his expectation was there all along. You know, Jesus came by this guy in the flesh, literally came by this guy. He never got what he got that day because this was the most perfect time. But that old boy just kept coming back expecting and expecting and expecting until one day he got everything he expected and then some. The boy's jumping and leaping and running around. It's this amazing testament. The apostles got in trouble for healing him. I mean, it was their fault, but it wasn't their fault. God was doing a work in this old boy's life. And I'm just telling you, we got to raise our expectations, church. We got to quit playing games. We can't go through the motions anymore. We got to understand there's a deadline. Jesus is coming back, and we need more and more people to get saved. We need people to be filled with that Holy Ghost and baptized in that name that is above every name. And we need to begin to expect that the prayers we pray. God's going to bring them to pass in Jesus' name. I am tired of praying prayers that just seem to get about here and no higher. Can anybody relate to what I'm talking about? You're begging and pleading, God, I know I'm believing, Lord, because you said in your word. But my expectation is just keeping the ceiling off. I'm ready to rip the ceiling off and say, God, take my expectation all the way to the throne. And I'm here to receive in Jesus' name. It belongs to me. It belongs to me. Belongs to me right here, right now. 
So let me ask you, what are you praying for? What needs do you have? Where are you? Maybe you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God can fill you with the Holy Ghost right here, right now. You, right here, right now. It's an expectation. You expect, God, here I am. I am, uh, I've repented. We can help you do that. I've repented. I've turned my life over to you, God. I believe that you love me, that you died for me. I'm sorry for everything I've done wrong, Lord. I've done a lot of stuff. And I'm here, God, to receive the Holy Ghost. I've seen it over and over and over and over and over again. When people are sincere and they release their faith and they expect it to happen, it's going to happen just like that. Just like that. I believe in that. Suddenly moments. But, but you gotta, you got to expect for you. Right here, right now. Maybe it's healing. Maybe you need healing in your body. you got to expect it. Don't go and pass disappointments. Don't go reading, I prayed prayers that weren't answered.com and, you know, dig around and, and get all the negative. Dig in the word. Dig, dig in those stories. Dig in the promises of God. Dig in the finished work of the cross. Dig into what Jesus Christ paid for to get to you. Dig into the love relationship that your heavenly father has with you. He's in love with you, man. Like you're the apple of his eye. You're his covenant people. Are you with me? The relationship you have with Jesus. You know that Matthew 25. When you've done unto these, the least of my brothers, you've done it unto me. I believe that's speaking of Jews. That's, that's the, the Jewishness of, of Jesus. He's, he's, he's speaking of his, his earthly brothers, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that, that the children of Israel. And, and that's a powerful, powerful relationship. That's literally a, an ethnic kinship that's there to the man Christ Jesus. But my Bible tells me that the relationship, brothers that maybe had the same mother, their relationship is not as strong as brothers who are in a blood covenant with each other. As a matter of fact, the old saying, blood is thicker than water. The original was blood is thicker than milk. And that milk was the milk that they drank as brothers uh, from their mama. But the idea is that the blood covenant, when, when two, and the blood covenant originated with, with in, the, in the word, with God, in the Garden of Eden. He, he cut open those animals and put those bloody skins on Adam and Eve. That was the beginning right there. And it was really based on the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. But the relationship that we have with God through the blood of Jesus, this new covenant, this new testament that we have, that relationship is stronger than the relationship he would have ethnically with his blood brothers, you know, from the same family. The relationship that we have with Jesus is a spiritual one, a strong one. It's a blood covenant. And that means that he will fight for us. Our enemies are his enemies. And, and his strengths he will give to us because of our weaknesses. That's why he would say, come boldly to the throne of grace. That you receive help in the time of need. Not timidly 
not backing in, not cowardly, but come boldly. I'm coming boldly, Lord, because you told me to. You're my heavenly Father. I have a need, and I'm expecting you to help me with this. I need help. Come boldly to the throne of grace to receive help in the time of need. I need help. I'm here to receive. What am I doing? I'm taking him at his word. Stand with me right now. Thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit us at GoBethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.